This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. Dimitri arrived at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles earlier than usual. He often liked to sit on the curb outside of the market and watch the farmers unload their trucks as he drank his morning tea. The vibrant skin of the citrus fruits lit up under the street lamps, and their smell drifted through the crisp air. Dimitri saw more than the fruits and vegetables coming into the market. He saw history and culture and memories from all over the world converging in his market. It's a beautiful thing, Dimitri said aloud as one of the farmers passed by with a crate of caracara oranges. Sure is, Papa Earth. All of the farmers, and even some of the regular market goers, had taken to calling him that because of his giving and nurturing demeanor, his love of food, his depth of knowledge, and, of course, his infatuation with Mother Earth. After opening up the pie shop, baking the day's demand of his apple pies, Dimitri explored the produce stalls. He selected a ruby-red grapefruit after careful consideration, and as he paid the farmer, he noticed a mom holding her little girl just one stall over to his right. The little girl was pointing to different fruits and naming them, smiling big and proud when she got the name right. She'd clap her little hands together and scrunch her face, her pigtails jiggling as her whole body shook with joy. Lemon? That's right, sweetie. Grapefoot! (laughs) Grapefruit! Ah, or is it a case of mistaken identity? Dimitri approached with a smile. That's not a grapefruit? The mother inquired. It's a pomelo. They're larger than a grapefruit, nearly the size of your head, Dimitri said as he held up one to cover the little girl's face, then pulled it back with a peekaboo smile. The little girl giggled. It's not your fault, though, my dear. Your guess was a good one. The pomelo and the grapefruit have a history of misidentification and have been cursed by confusion from the grapefruit's very start, a tale of mistaken identity. He held his grapefruit up next to the pomelo, his fingers outstretched to balance the fruits in his palms. He made his way to the community tables, the mom and little girl right behind him. As Dimitri cut open the grapefruit, a larger crowd gathered around. He used a serrated spoon to scoop out a few segments of the juicy, tart, red pulp, humming contently. As usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, he began his story. Dimitri spoke. Late 1600s. Land ahoy! Captain Chaddock, are we going ashore? For the last time, kid, it's Chaddock. And yes, all hands on deck, prepare to drop anchor. Yes, Captain Chaddock! The sailor ran off toward the stern of the ship. The captain rolled his eyes. He stuck his hand in his pocket and fiddled with the pomelo seeds that he had been eager to plant since he collected them on his journey in Asia. 
Captain Chaddock! A young merchant approached the bow. Chaddock with a C. What? Oh, no, sir, my name is Shattuck, with an S, and two T's. No, no, I didn't mean you. I meant, Captain, I'd like to take leave here in Barbados. I've heard a great deal about this sugar crop, and would like to explore the potential business of its export, before continuing my mercantile work at sea. I can barter my way aboard another ship later on. I just wanted to thank you for allowing me to travel with you thus far. Oh, yes, yes, and thank you for your working hands. Myself and the crew, no doubt, have appreciated your help. Wishing you the best in your future endeavors. Same to you, Captain Shattuck. Shattuck. Uh, it's Shattuck, Captain. Farewell. With a C, the captain muttered as the crew readied the tender boat to ferry the captain, the merchant, and some of the crew ashore. The English colony had been steadily growing since its establishment in 1627. Much of the natural land had been deforested, at first to make way for cotton and tobacco plantations. But after sugarcane was introduced in the 1630s, sugar plantations became the driving investment, and their production relied on the hard, thankless work of indentured servants and slaves. The captain visited many plantations, but he was not interested in investments or the businessmen who owned the land. He assisted the workers, as best as he could anyway, offering to carry supplies to and from storage sheds, and inquiring about the land, the sun, the rain, how well the crops grow. Some of the plantation owners refused to let the captain enter their fields, while others laughed when he made his request, bouncing back and forth up onto his toes and down again, hands in his pockets fiddling with those seeds. His demeanor was innocent, like a young boy asking to go outside and play with his friends. Knock yourself out, Sir Shattuck. It's chat. Oh, never mind. Thank you, sir. He spent the best of three days making such rounds. Of the workers who would speak with him, most simply answered him in short, until one worker, a teenage boy who emigrated from Europe by signing an agreement to serve five years at his neighbor's uncle's sugar plantation. He couldn't suppress his own curiosity. Sir? Captain Chaddock. Chaddock, why do— With a C. What? Captain Chaddock. Sorry, Captain Chaddock, why do you ask these questions? Oh, I give up, the captain muttered to himself. Captain? I ask you these questions because I have something that needs to be planted, and I want it to do well. What is it? The captain smiled, seeing his own youthful curiosity in the reflection of the young worker's eyes. He pulled the seeds from his pocket and held them out on his open palm. What is it? The worker asked again as he picked up a single seed and examined it closely, turning it in the sunlight furrowing his eyebrows as if squinting would help him recognize the foreign seed. The captain nodded, contently retreating into his own thoughts as he surveyed the worker's reaction. Captain? Where it's from, it's called Pomelo. Where is it from? Asia. Asia, the worker said in wonderment. And you're trying to find out where you will plant it? Not me. The captain took the worker's hand and poured the rest of the seeds into his palm. Enjoy, the captain said with a slight bow. As he walked away, heading back to his ship and his crew, due to sail in just one more day's time, the worker called out after him, We'll name this fruit, which I promise will grow here, in your honor. The captain laughed like a madman as he faded from sight, calling out, Then it will be doomed with mistaken identity like I. 
The worker just smiled, looking down at the seeds in his hand. As the captain believed, the worker found the perfect place to plant the seeds, and he patiently cared for them for eight years before they finally set fruit. He introduced them as Shaddix and told the story of the captain who gave him the first seeds. He grafted new trees and planted more seeds, and sure enough, the fruit flourished on the island. Then one day, many years later, the worker, now an old man, was walking through his grove when he noticed a tree toward the end of the grove that didn't look like the rest. The fruit was slightly smaller and was growing in clusters. He plucked one from the tree to get a closer look, and as he made his way back to his home, he plucked a shaddock to compare side by side with the new fruit. Incredible, the worker whispered as he sat at a table, cut segments of both the shaddock and the new fruit spread before him as he finished his investigation. He returned to the new tree, gathered more fruits, and made his way to town. Look, you see, so much smaller, and the rind is much thinner. The flavor has an acidic bite, but still hints of sweetness. Oh, and the way the fruit grows on the tree, you should see it. Ah, small shaddock, one person exclaimed. Yes, a small shaddock, another agreed. How interesting. Interesting, yes, but I really don't think it's a shaddock at all. It's some sort of hybrid, I'm telling you. The crowd dismissed the worker's claim, and he could hear others down the way repeating, Oh, a small shaddock, as the fruits were passed along. The worker, trying not to feel defeated, knew he needed to cultivate this new crop, but his body was frail, and his time was coming to an end. And so, just as the captain had searched until he found the worker, the worker set off to find an apprentice. He carried the new fruit through town, continued to hand out tasters and fend off commentary about the small shaddock, until one young boy, around the same age the worker was when he met the captain, took a segment, examined it in his hand before eating it. Whoa, it's more sour than a shaddock, the boy exclaimed. The rind looks to be thinner, too. Yes, my boy, yes, and the size, true, it's smaller, but it's more than that. I don't even know where it came from. I was just walking through my grove, as I do every morning, and I came across this tree. The worker and his soon-to-be apprentice walked together as the worker continued his story. In the next month, the two worked together to plant more of the new tree, and they shared speculations on where it came from. I think a bird flying over dropped the seeds of another fruit, the apprentice said. I think Captain Shattuck's spirit planted the new seed, one final gift for me to enjoy on this earth, the worker winked. The worker soon passed away, and the apprentice continued where he left off. The new fruit thrived, yet the apprentice couldn't shake the misnomer as a small shaddock. He did what he could to name the new fruit after the worker, but it just did not stick. No one believed it was unique from the fruit they already knew. The apprentice quickly gave in, laughing off the nickname, finding solace in knowing that he spread this great gift from Mother Nature. Even if its true identity was never known— the world would still get to enjoy it. He held hope, though, that one day its origin would come to light. By the early 1800s, the small shaddock had spread to surrounding islands, and the curse of confusion around its name continued in Jamaica. While visiting explorers wrote accounts of their experience with these small shaddocks, one botanist named James McFadden did separate it from the pomelo, giving it the botanical name Citrus Paradisi, in his Flora of Jamaica, published in 1837. Still, the fruit was described as a variety of pomelo, not a new hybrid. 
It continued to live in the guise of its predecessor, until one day, a Jamaican farmer overheard the tale of Captain Shattuck and his seeds, the worker and his rumored new fruit discovery, the apprentice who brought the seeds to Jamaica. After hearing the story, the farmer returned to his grove where he was growing some of those small shaddocks. He stood quietly in front of one of the trees, watching the wind shake the leaves and make the clusters dance. He tilted his head as his gaze moved up and down one of the clusters that had seven fruit. Finally, he smiled. The next day, he brought several crates of the fruit to town. Grapefruits! Grapefruits for sale! Grapefruits? People questioned. With characteristics of its own, its size and flavor, its rind, its growing habit, it deserves its own name to distinguish it. And many people agreed. The name spread with the fruit, and slowly the moniker Small Shattuck got smaller and smaller itself. The grapefruit made its way from Jamaica to Florida in 1823, thanks to the French Count Philippe Odette, though it wasn't until the 1940s that the fruit gained widespread popularity in the U.S., sparking an investigation of its true origins. It was not a sport of a pomelo, but indeed a natural hybrid of a pomelo and a sweet orange. Hope for the grapefruit to gain its independence was at an all-time high. No longer would the grapefruit be confused as a pomelo. So is this where our story ends? Well, just like the legend of Captain Shattuck or Chaddock, the entangled tale of mistaken identity continues for the two fruit to this day. Many languages still use the same word for both fruits interchangeably, and market-goers instead mistake pomelos for grapefruits. The table turns, the plot thickens, and it makes you wonder, how much do we really know about the fruits and veggies we eat? The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce app on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Curious to learn more about the fruits and veggies you eat? Download the Specially Produce app to keep exploring. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.